on dramatic impact, tenor and music educator Larry Benson illuminates the interplay between acting and musical technique in the world of opera and musical theater. I think that I've always been fairly lucky in that regard that when I perform, communicating the idea to the audience is the most important thing for me. And I find that I relive the text, the subtext, the situation that the character is in. I find that I relive it each time. Welcome to Dramatic Impact, Episode 13. Today we're going to hear from Larry Benson. Larry happens to be my singing instructor and is an accomplished opera singer. He has studied acting, singing, dance, and movement for the stage at the Banff Center and at Morley College in London. His attention to detail and his strength and talent as an actor are quite apparent when you see him on stage performing in either opera or musical theater. Over the course of his career, Larry has sung tenor roles for opera and oratorio all across Canada. Recently, Larry was the recipient of the ATCO Gas Award for Outstanding Lifetime Achievement. He has a BA in education from the University of Alberta with a major in music, and also has studied classical singing and operatic technique. Larry has appeared extensively with Vancouver Opera, Calgary Opera, Pacific Opera, the Canadian Opera Company in Toronto, the Manitoba Opera Association, and the Edmonton Opera Association. He is currently the leader and a member of a performing quartet called Tenor Power. In addition to his singing career, Larry has been a private singing instructor at the Alberta College Conservatory of Music since 1977 and is a singing instructor in the theater arts program at McEwen College in Edmonton. Larry actively encourages the development of performance skills in his students, and many have gone on to professional careers. I hope you enjoy the interview. As a performer in musicals and opera, I'd assume that acting is a big component of your performances. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about the differences you see between acting in opera and musical theater versus acting in a straight play. I would guess that the, uh, the biggest difference would be the uh, component of style. And in terms of opera, you have to be singing while you're acting, which entails a particular style of theater. A lot of people that are actors and act in straight plays sometimes have a hard time with people that sing opera because they seem to feel that it's kind of phony. But we just have to realize that it's a different style. It's the same with Shakespeare plays, very often just where the text is. When you hear somebody speaking in that Shakespearean text, sometimes somebody might say it sounds phony, but we all know that it's not, because that's just the way it is. And uh, same with opera, it's just another style of theater. It just happens that you sing everything that you do, and most of the operas that people tend to perform are museum pieces, really, in, in music. And so, therefore, you're dealing with stories 
that are in a past time. Uh, you're dealing lots of times with stories that are concerned with the royal courts, and there is a style associated with that kind of musical history. For example, in, in the Mozart operas, you would be cavorting about stage uh, somewhat in the same manner as somebody perhaps doing a Moliere play. So that would be the, the major difference, would be that style element. What advice would you give singers who may not have training as actors, but who want to learn how to convey the feeling of a song again and again in repeated performances? Well, I think you have to always relate very strongly to the text, and it's all about communicating that poem, that text, that story in the music. So if you remain truthful to that, it shouldn't matter how many times you have to do it. One of the interesting things about that is that it should always feel like it's the first time you've said that. Of course, you've done a tremendous amount of preparation to get to that point. And every time you run through that text, whether you're rehearsing it or practicing it or whether you're actually performing it, new realizations pop into your head. You, you suddenly understand things differently. Uh, it becomes richer. You'll get uh, new revelations. And this can actually happen to you while you're on stage and while it's actually occurring. Even even during an aria or something like that, or yeah. during a musical theater song, that, that would happen? Exactly, exactly. And you, one feels the emotion of it as if it was a new thing for you. I think that I've always been fairly lucky in that regard, that when I perform, communicating the idea to the audience is the most important thing for me. And I find that I relive the text, the subtext, the situation that the character is in. I find that I relive it each time. Am I saying what I want to say? <laughs> yeah, it makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> also, I think what's really, really important is that you have to enjoy that experience. You have to, well, why would we do it if we didn't enjoy it? I mean, sometimes the stresses of performing, particularly in opera, can be so great. I mean, you have to make sure that your voice is working on all the right notes and that, you, that you're not going to screw up musically. There are so many facets and elements involved in it that it can be difficult to enjoy, but when it's all working properly and you're well prepared, then you, you do enjoy that. Otherwise, I guess we wouldn't want to be doing what we do. It becomes extremely rewarding knowing that you're communicating that character and his experiences and whatever it is, the joys or the tragedy, that you're sharing that with the people that are watching. And when you see that they are, there's a tremendous amount of satisfaction. I think that's why we all want to get out on stage and do that. <laughs> right, right. So it almost sounds as if when you are performing, it's almost like you take it for granted that you have developed your skills as an actor and that's what gives you that spontaneity in your performance every time. So I'm just wondering from the point of view of somebody who may be a pop singer or some other kind of vocalist who's never had any exposure to acting, are there any hints that you could 
give someone who wants to try to recreate that spontaneity every time they're singing a song or... So that we're assuming that they've never had any acting, right. uh, those quotation marks on either side of the word. <laughs> yes. They're not visible, but they're there. Yeah. Uh, that they've never had that acting training, and yet they're out on stage performing a pop song or, right. or performing commercial popular music. They're on stage or they're on TV or, or whatever. Right. Well, they're already, when they're doing that, they're acting. And we're going to get into the semantics of this whole thing. What is acting? And I have to say that it is communicating what you intend to communicate. And a person can do that, say, in a pop song, where sometimes you wonder if the text is really that terribly important, because honestly, there's sometimes I I have to say I don't really understand the the, the words. (laughs) Well, any kind of music where there might be somebody who has a beautiful singing voice and wonderful technique and and people, you know, they have a big audience for their music. So it could be any kind of music, folk music, rock music, pop music. But I'm just trying to get at what is the key to recreating Well, certainly I think the key is that the performer is reveling in their sound, reveling in what they're doing, and the audience can sense that. If a person, you know, if you, say if you're some kind of a nightclub performer that you have to go on night after night after night after night, yeah. and let's assume that maybe it got to be a, you know, a hard job, boring or tiresome, and obviously the audience would know that if you really felt that when you were actually doing it. And I think there would be very few people that, even if, you know, they've been performing that way for a long, long time, I don't think that actually ever happens to them. And when it does, they probably just quit on their own volition. They won't have to get booed off the stage. (laughs) (laughs) So what makes a performance, uh, you're kind of asking me in a way, how can a person save themselves from giving somebody a boring performance? Right. Once they're tired of the song, how do they renew that spontaneity in their performance so that they're connected to the feeling of the song? I think that they, they have to keep trying to find new things in it. Even the most simple song, you can approach it from a different point of view almost every time. The differences don't have to be that great, but some subtle way of of seeing a phrase in a new way, how how you how you're approaching it differently that particular time, maybe the character that that you are. I I don't believe that even when you're doing a song that tells a story that you cannot be a character. The narrator cannot be uninvolved. It's the same my experience of performing, say, the evangelist in one of Bach's passions, so like so St. Matthew Passion. And the evangelist basically is telling the story in between the arias. And I found that I could never not, I could never not be involved. Double negative there, does it make sense? Yes. I could not be a narrator who was just telling the story, oh, this happened to Jesus, and then that happened to Jesus, that the narrator has to feel emotionally involved and sing out a value judgment 
about what he's singing. Mm -hmm. So you're not just telling the story, you are, you're commenting on a story as well. You're telling the audience how you feel as that narrator, how you were moved by, by telling that particular thing. Yeah, and I think it helps that you are communicating directly to the audience, that that is what you're supposed to be doing in that song. Do you know what I mean? That that's, the, that's not even the subtext, that's what the text of the song is doing, is actually directly speaking to the audience, is that right? Exactly. Yeah, so that kind of, that gives you that immediacy to express something directly to the audience, I would think. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I'm not sure if we covered this or not already, but I'll ask you. In singing, what do you see as the relative importance of technique and acting or expression? Technique, you mean... Just breath control, hitting, well, obviously hitting the right notes, the tone, right. that sort of thing. Well, with the final product and the performing of a piece, there shouldn't be any sign that technique is first and foremost in your mind. We hope that with the practicing we've gone past that. So the technique then is just your vehicle, your tool to ultimately uh, move the, the audience that you're relating to. So when you're performing you, should, you don't think you should be aware of technique, is that what you're saying? Because you've practiced so much that it's become second nature. The, it, it's a tricky question because particularly in singing, and I would say singing classical music, I'll talk about that because it's what I've done most, you have to have many simultaneous awarenesses going on. So for example, you're singing a role in an opera on the stage and you have other singers with you on the stage that you're interacting with, that you're acting with, that you're singing with. Being that opera is, the voice is kind of first and foremost. The acting very often is considered of secondary importance, or it has been in the past. The most important thing is that the singer's delivering a beautiful sound. Mm -hmm. So there's that there is that awareness that you have. You also have the awareness of the musicality, so that you have to be able to interpret what the orchestra is sounding like and where your music fits in with the orchestra. Hopefully they're all together. <laughs> <laughs> you also have to know what the conductor is doing in terms of you can't just follow his beat. You have to understand how he conducts so that you get a feeling for a particular motion of his arm that the beat that you have to be with with different conductors it's in a different position of his hand mm -hmm. very often and so some conductors are really easy to work with and some are not but I'm getting off the track a little bit here so what I'm saying is that that's all part of the technique the audience is still hopefully out there wanting to experience some um, character's situation, whether it be comedy or tragedy or what are they going through there. And so the actor, the, the opera singer, is there carrying through all, all this baggage, all those different awarenesses. So you do have the several levels of consciousness going on at the same time and getting back to your question about the technique. Yeah, your vocal technique, you are aware of that. Hopefully you've practiced so much and you're experienced enough 
in that element to know that you're not going to crack or you're going to sing everything correctly and it, it will be there. But you, there's still, you, you can't just blindly emote. Yep. Right. <laughs> right. You have to be with everything else. And, and if I may just throw that in in the end, sometimes you're just working so hard to do all the right things that maybe the the expressive element is not even you're not even aware of it because you just you you want to deliver the sound and at the right times and movement wise be in the right place at the right time and when you have again the, this third eye happening somewhere you can all of a sudden I've had moments on stage where I thought everything is so working <laughs> and even that is dangerous because yeah, yeah. if you think that then you you might be thinking of the wrong thing at that at that yes, time. Yes, yeah. So I sound now like I'm contradicting what I said earlier about the most important thing uh, is that communicating that text to the audience. And it is. But in certain circumstances it's really, really complicated. Well, probably because opera is so demanding technically, right? Is that yeah? And so, yeah. Um, you also are an instructor in the theater arts program at Grant McEwen. So, could you talk a little bit about how that might be different? There might be a different balance in musical theater, or do you think it's similar to opera? I think it's very, very similar. I think the only the only difference in that whole process and that experience is uh, in musical theater, it's just a different style. And in the whole genre of musical theater, as opposed to classical music, the only difference is that there's probably a broader, acceptable range of tone to the audience that's going to... The actor, the singing actor in musical theater, again, has to somewhat conform to the style of that particular musical. So the old-fashioned ones, you know, even like Oklahoma and South Pacific, people sang in a more classical style in those days. <clears throat> and now we've gone, we have, we've got rock operas and, and we've got sort of Verismo musical theater where people just should sound as natural as the character would if they were speaking. And yet you're singing. So I just saw somewhere where somebody said they thought singing in musical theater is basically acting on a pitch. Acting on a pitch. Yeah. Acting on a pitch. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> Not even just speaking on a pitch, but acting on a pitch. So um, even with opera sometimes, like in situations of extreme, intense emotion, you will hear like tenor perhaps uh, put a sob in his voice, and that's acceptable in certain styles of opera. Mostly probably in the verismo, the realistic it's like from Puccini on, where you can really hear people throw in those kinds of sobby sounds. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to get this exactly right, but I'm pretty sure that the composer, Frank Lesser, who composed Guys and Dolls, used to tell his actors that they should be more concerned with expression and to let the tone take care of itself. So does that... That kind of goes against what you've been saying. How would you relate to that? Well, I would say that kind of goes against what classical singing would be about. Right. Because the beauty of the tone still is sort of number one. 
but it, you're saying now exactly what I mean to say about musical theater is that the expression should come first and then you let the voice respond the way it needs to. Okay. You know, with limitations. Obviously, we still don't want to hear uh, singing that's not in pitch. <laughs> and, and it still has to be all sung at the right time. Thanks again for listening. I hope you'll return next month to hear my interview with James McDonald, the Associate Artistic Director of the Citadel Theater in Edmonton. Please spread the word about this podcast. If you like the show, the thing you can do that would make the most difference to our audience numbers is to write a review on iTunes. As always, if you have any feedback, please write me at elaine at actingintheater.com. And that's theater spelled R-E. I'm Elaine Elrod. So long until next time.